And now, the starting lineup for your Blue Notes podcast. Tom Franklin and the man called Wags. Hello and welcome to Blue Notes. I am one half of your Blue Notes team, Tom Franklin, joined by my teammates, the man called Wags. And we are your home for St. Louis Blues coverage on the Hockey Podcast Network. And that includes expert analysis, whether it's at Enterprise Center. When you're fighting for spots for the playoffs, one or two points could make the difference. And we'll be looking back at games like tonight here at Enterprise Center as lost opportunities. Or at home. Penalties, that was a big, big piece. You know, you're wearing down some of your best players because they're out on the, the ice for so many penalty kill opportunities. Just a complete breakdown. Blues first round pick, Jake Neighbors. Braden Chan texted me and then uh, the head coach Craig Berube reached out as well and um, Ryan O'Reilly as well. And then um, the next day on day two of the draft, uh, Tarasenko FaceTimed me. So uh, that was pretty cool. So. <laughs> and we're the only hockey podcast in the Hockey Podcast Network to have a Hawaiian hockey correspondent. The Hawaii Blues fan, Guy Bensing. In true Dan Kelly fashion, Dan Kelly says, F you, Keaton. I know who's the starting pitcher for game four of the World Series. You damn well know who the starting goalie is for game four of the NHL season. And then walked away. And we have a musician, too. Not only is he responsible for this fat beat you're listening to right now, but he has also performed absolute works of art. And it seems to me you played the game with a candle to your rear. Never wanting to leave the eyes when the pain set in. So check out Blue Notes wherever you get your podcasts from. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. I'm Tom Franklin reminding you to not be a chump, listen to Blue Notes, and always play to the whistle. A reminder that you can follow Blue Notes on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Blue Notes Pod. I'm the voice of the blues, Tom Calhoun. Welcome back to the Florida Hockey Podcast, Justin Bedford alongside Noah Russo, as always. And this week's episode of the podcast is brought to you by DraftKings. Football fans, 
the moment you've been waiting for all season. It's right around the corner. And DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55, is bringing back their golden ticket giveaway with up to $55 million in prizes up for grabs. All you have to do to get your share of these huge prizes is to enter DraftKings' free Super Bowl prediction challenge. Once you submit your picks, you will get a free instant prize up to $25,000. And if you have the most predictions correct, you could win the top prize of $1 million. Download the app now, enter the free prediction challenge, answer questions like, who will score last? Probably someone on the Chiefs. And boom, get ready to make it rain. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to its players since 2012, so they know a thing or two about big paydays. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN to enter the free $55 million Super Bowl prediction challenge. Everyone gets an instant prize up to $25,000 just for playing, so use the promo code THPN now and enter the free $55 million Super Bowl challenge only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55. Noah, how you doing, buddy? I, I, I'm, I'm pretty good just taking it easy today, you know, like... Bit hungover? Maybe a bit, just kind of relaxing today. Um, you're getting pretty, pretty good at those, eh? At the ad reads? Yeah. Oh, yeah, just, just a natural. Absolute natural, yeah. No, well, it's, it's weird because it's weird because we've gone... We've been doing this podcast for couple years now and we never had any ad reads yeah they were always fairly sporadic like we had um we had a few at the start i think like yeah but it's been a while and then like an ad for a different like um sorry an ad for a different podcast every so often yeah we have some of those on too but uh yeah i don't usually get to do the live reads so it's always fun you know, it's a bit bit different because we don't script any of our, our, our show, obviously, as I'm sure everyone can tell. Awesome. Keep it authentic. So so it's a bit weird reading off of a script, but, you know, no, I, guess it's, I guess it's all those years, you know, in high school drama classes. Yeah, you're, you're pretty good at it. But, yeah, Speaking I mean. Speaking of which, the Florida Panthers are pretty good at hockey, too. Pretty good. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? I mean, you know, a lot, none a lot. of the other podcasts on the network, that's for sure. All the other podcasts on the network seem to be sleeping on the Panthers this year. And I, I, I'm going to go ahead and say, you know, early indication is that they, they might be wrong. They are, in my opinion, they are definitely wrong. Yeah, um, I mean, this team, I mean, granted, you know, they, they like last night they played Detroit. You know, they haven't had the hardest. The toughest schedule so far. But they're getting the wins. Exactly. That's all that matters. Um, right. And they're putting I mean, themselves... it's, it, it's hockey at the end of the day, right? Like, yeah, I think it's like the, the sport in which like you can go in being the f- best team in the league, playing the worst team in the league, and you can't expect to win like legitimately. And there's no surprise if you lose just because that that's that's the beauty of hockey, isn't it? Yeah. You can't take anyone lightly, but there's there are teams where it's like on paper, it's like man, they really should win this one. And in this format this year where every game's a divisional game, you have to win them, right? Exactly. Right? Um, you got to win the ones that are like you, you 100% should win. Maybe split the ones where it's kind of a toss-up and then steal a couple of the games where the other team just looks better. 
right? And those in this yeah. division would be, you know, Tampa and Dallas and Carolina probably. Right. And we really haven't gotten to see many of those teams because of COVID. Yeah. Yeah, they're COVID. Uh, but obviously- I mean, if, if you look at, like, the entire division, there's four teams with winning percentages above 750. Yeah. Like, that's pretty crazy, it- including, including our Panthers that are at 900. Yeah, they're cooking. They're killing it. And it's so weird, like, looking at, like, the standings for some of the divisions. Like, obviously, the Mass Mutual East has been very much just unaffected. Uh, but then, like, some of the divisions. I'm, but I'm, I'm, surprised, I'm surprised about Washington in that division. I didn't think Washington was going to be so strong this year. I didn't think, like, okay, I, yeah, I, was, I was higher on them than you and, you know, some other people, Jacob Barker. But uh, so I'm not, like, super surprised. Um the surprising part to me is that they've done that where they missed some of their top players for a few games and were still able to scrape by. Yeah. That's the impressive part to me. Um, you guys were also pretty high on the, the Rangers, and that's not... Yeah, you want to know what? The Rangers and the Islanders. I am very disappointed in my picks right now. I, I, I got the receipts. I had the Islanders second last in the division. Or third last in the division. Looking, I, th- I honestly think the Rangers are the most disappointing team for me. In the league, I really, I really don't division. care about the Islanders. Like I've never like enjoyed watching their playing style, so it's fine by me. But the Rangers, I really thought were going to be better than this. Yeah, I think and I, with with today. Um, oh yeah, Tony D'Angelo on waivers. Yeah, I mean. Like, I mean, first of all, never been a big fan at all. Um, Tony D'Angelo is not my cup of soup. Um, So a little, a little, a little happy that he's on waivers. And I saw a report like, like they tried shopping him before they they signed him to the two-year contract, like back in October. Literally no other team wanted to touch him. Yeah. And I think, I think just that the mentality of other teams is that he's a distraction. Exactly. Right. And, and so, and like, no one's doing like, he was the fourth highest scoring defenseman in the league last year, right? Like, yeah, that, like he's, he's that's not an, like half a point per game. Like, that's not an accident to, to perform at that level, right? Like, he clearly has some offensive talent, but his defense is brutal. And this year, the offense hasn't been there either. Yeah. Uh, his, his defense is like really, really bad. Granted, he spent a lot of time with Jack Johnson. Probably doesn't help, but he spent a lot of last year with Mark Stahl. And from what I've seen of the games, like it's not it's not his his partner making him look bad or anything. And yes, I I, I agree that if he had a like better partner, that maybe he would look better. But a lot of these mistakes are just individual mistakes and just being like bad at hockey. Yeah, just out of position. Yeah, just not not finding the guy. Uh, I, I personally love it mostly for the fact because in fantasy hockey I have Adam Fox. <laughs> and Tony D'Angelo at the start of the year, it was power play one quarterback. Now it's Adam Fox. I was banking on it happening, and it's happened. So super thrilled about that. Um, but, yeah, it's interesting. Do you think a team claims him? Honestly, no. He, I mean, he has a pretty solid cap hit. I think he's a, he comes in at like $4.8 million. 
Yeah, he signed a two-year, $9.6 million deal, I believe. Like, first of all, like, just, like, had the contract not been there, like, I think the teams would be very hesitant to begin with, just because, as you said, off-ice distraction all the way. I mean, the guy, like, he deleted his, like, Twitter account. Like, there's a, there was a bunch of stuff with that. Basically, he started off the 2020 with, like, saying that COVID was a hoax and stuff. Um, so, first of all, if the contract isn't in play, I think teams are extremely hesitant to grab him. And I think when you involve the contract, I really don't think don't see a team claiming him. Yeah, I think for me, like I could see a team claiming him, but there's the three factors of one, the off ice stuff, two, the contract, and three, his play this year hasn't been that good. Exactly. So right. I and mean, I think if, if if it's one or two of those issues, I think, yeah, there's a decent chance he gets claimed. But because it's all three happening, I don't know if a team's gonna say it's worth the risk. And right, I don't, right. and I don't know what teams out there looking for a Tony D'Angelo type defenseman who is pretty much just an all offense type of defenseman. I don't see a huge mark, like, especially like, first of all, eliminate all the Canadian teams. That's going to take two weeks for him to get there. Exactly. I was going to say, I think it'd be funny if he got claimed by a Canadian team, but that's just not realistic. Yeah. Like I, I, I really don't know where a fit would be uh, for him. So we'll, 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 we'll follow along obviously by the time this episode's out, we'll know if he gets claimed. Definitely good for the Rangers though. Um, I mean, as I said, not, not a huge fan, Um, but I like, I think it's a good move for the Rangers. They're already in salary cap issues. Getting that off the books is going to help. Yeah, they're they're in a tricky spot where they're rebuilding, but they're you know cap crunch. And it, the big thing with them is the the performance bonuses. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a it's a tricky spot to be in for sure. Uh, for for yeah. the Rangers and for Rangers fans, um, but you know who really cares about them, right? You know, exactly. it's it's all about the Panthers. And with their win last night, they win an OT over Detroit. They're back against Detroit tonight, obviously. Um, but last night, lots of good stuff, some bad stuff, a couple breakdowns. But I think the thing that really stands out was that, you know, Alexi Haponiemi getting his first NHL goal, and it's an OT winner. I mean. Yeah, yeah. And let, let the record show that, I mean, I, I'll be the first to admit it. I was a Haponiemi doubter. Like, I think I think a lot of people were. Yeah, no, and I like, think still are. Like I didn't think he was big enough, like this and that. Um, and just the fact that Quenville gave him the nod in OT means like so much about the trust that they like have in him and the potential they see. Yeah, and also I think he's just a perfect guy for OT because there's so much ice in OT, right? There's not really any hits thrown. You're a smaller guy. There's tons of room, right? Overtime and he finds specialist. Yeah, so it's. <laughs> It's great to see him succeed. We talked about him multiple times on the podcast before about, you know, because he's a prospect who was drafted with like pretty much no hype, had a monster year in junior, so much hype, and then just has failed to adjust to higher levels of hockey. And then I think most people got to the point where they're kind of, he's kind of the, like among Panthers prospects, the, the forward group that they have, he's kind of the forgotten man. He really is. Um, it's, yeah, no, I think 
I mean, I incredibly deep forward core, I think. And I, I think a lot of people overlook that, but it's just to be able to put, put him out. I think it's, it speaks to the depth of the, of the Panthers. Yeah. I mean, like, and yeah, for me, I'm just super glad that he got the opportunity, but that he, like just the fact he that he got the opportunity. Yeah. It. It's fantastic. Um, Bobrovsky had some really good looks in the game. I thought, um, yeah, a very, very nice save on, uh, can't remember who it was, but, uh, Detroit guy tried to do the, um, the Forsberg, uh, and Bobrovsky stopped it. That was, that was very impressive. Um, and then Keith Yandel. Another one. Keith Yandel, another one, literally at the buzzer. It's crazy to think about all that talk at the start of the year about the Iron Man streak coming to the end. It's going to be a healthy scratch. Like, uh, okay, but now it's at a point where it's like, if he just keeps doing what he's doing, you you can't really make a case to take him out of the lineup. Exactly, and like, uh, there's there's literally no argument. Obviously, his defensive play still it hasn't gotten better, obviously, like as you would expect. But when he's providing offense, he's clearly very well liked by his teammates. Right. I mean, it's, it's hard to say, yeah, we should sit this guy. Yeah. And and also just the fact that he's got his, you know, he's got a big contract too. It's a lot better to have that money on the ice doing something than in the press box eating popcorn. Like that's just the reality of it. it. Yeah. Especially from a financial standpoint, you would just, you, you would rather pay him to do something than do nothing. Yeah. Like that's, that's really what it is. Um, I it was from what I've seen, it, it was a good game. Um, they they go back at it today, so I assume Drager's in it got the nod in net. Yeah, you have um, to imagine it's a yeah, it's because it's a busy slate of games again today too. Like I, I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked to see see Bobrovsky in there again. There's, uh, I, I, it's definitely been announced already. To be honest, um, I just have not been paying attention enough. Yeah, I think it's just. Uh, like there's yeah, there's no reason to go to Bobrovsky. Like if Bobrovsky was playing unreal, then I could see it. Or if Trigger had been playing really bad, I could see it. But both goalies are playing pretty well for the most part. There's no reason to to not play him, especially when you're going up against, you know, Detroit. Exactly. That's perfect time, right? Yeah. And Trigger's already gotten the nods a couple times already. I think. Yeah, well, because Bobrovsky didn't – he wasn't ready to start the season. Yeah. Uh, so it was so, Drieger who had to go. Yeah, I definitely think good call. It's it's just a nice, safe safe move to have him start in net for, for the second game of the back-to-back. Yeah. Yeah, it, it absolutely. Uh, I'm just checking now. It has been announced. Drieger is the starter tonight. Uh, what are you looking to see from the Panthers uh, against the Red Wings? Um, structured, structured hockey. Like when I watch, when I watch Detroit, I see a very like unstructured team. Um, you know, it just, the, the execution isn't there for Detroit. And I think, you know, Panthers have to capitalize on that. Uh, and I think that's the key really to when you play Detroit is you just have to, as we said earlier, is you can't, you can't take the game lightly. And as long as you do what you're supposed to do, 
but I th- it's it's an easy win. Yeah, the thing for me is like Detroit. I honestly like I, I don't think their forward group is that bad. Like it's not great, but like Larkin's a very they, good they player. Have, they Larkin, have a decent top six, right? And I I really like Taro Hiroshi as a player. Like like they have a couple guys. Bobby Ryan has just been fantastic for them. Rocket uh, Richard candidate, yeah. But for me, yeah, absolutely. In in the in the running for sure. But the defense for me uh is a bit lackluster on Detroit. Uh and so for the Panthers, uh just applying pressure, uh force their defense, uh apply the pressure, force them to make mistakes. That's I think how this game's gonna be won. And the way they can lose this game is by taking them lightly. Like Detroit is not as skilled a team as the Panthers, but they're gonna they're gonna show up, they're gonna work hard, right? Mm-hmm. And if they do that and the Panthers, you know, don't have their legs early, then, yeah, there's obviously a, a real possibility Detroit wins. Uh, but for the Panthers, this is a really great opportunity to get out to a fantastic start to the year, regardless of, you know, the opponents they faced. To be, you know, 5-0-1 or 4-0-2 would be huge. It, it 100% would be. I mean, only like a handful of teams that are actually like still undefeated in regulation. Um, I, uh, yeah, we, we've said it before. I really like this Panther squad. Yeah. I really love the way, um, yeah, I'm definitely, I'm pleasantly surprised with the, the team so far. Yeah. 100%. Um, I mean, had you, had you asked me at the start of the season, like if I thought the Panthers were going to be four, oh, and what is it? Two? They're four, oh, and one right now. They can be and one. Sorry. Um, I, I would have pretty much laughed at you. I didn't think that like that was actually going to happen, especially considering they were going to start the season against Dallas. Um, but what what a what a great great surprise! Yeah, I think I think we are probably a bit more optimistic than a lot of people, obviously on this on this Panthers team. Like, we really liked a lot of the the changes that were made. Patrick Hornquist has been excellent. Uh, Connor Carter Verhage has looked really solid. So we were like we we're a bit higher, I think, than than most people, but. Uh, for sure exceeded even our expectations. Exactly. Like, like the new guys have come in, they've done, you know, exactly what I think was, was expected of them and ex- even exceeded those expectations. And yeah, they're, they're putting themselves in a good position moving forward. Obviously it's still early. Like I know it's a shortened season and they're about to be, you know, a 10th of the way through the, the season after tonight's game. So it's, it's still early, but right now it's very promising. It, it really is. Um, it's it's great to see. Uh, there's a lot of surprises, like surprises. There's a lot of like good play around the league right now. I mean, we were we were talking off air about the the Connor McDavid uh, last night. What a night. goal! I mean, first of all, he goes end to end on the power play in the game, and then he buries it with one hand in overtime. Um, I mean undoubtedly undoubtedly the best player in the league 100 percent. and I, I i make this case is if you look strictly on a talent scale he's probably the greatest hockey player of all time it's I, i'm really and, and and it's it's hard to judge but in my mind if i put crosby and gretzky and I mean, throw in Mario Lemieux just because I think there is a valuable debate in there. Um, like McDavid would just 
blow past them. And part of it, most of it just has to do with the evolution of the game. Yeah, like I think if you adjust I think there's a very strong argument for saying that Connor McDavid is actually like the greatest hockey player of all time. I, 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 and, and it's still early in his career, which is the scary part. Unreal, like yeah. Like he's still so young, and there's still such a long road ahead for him. But that goal against Toronto was just special. He loves playing against Toronto, I think. Well, it's weird because like they played Toronto a bunch, and there's been like there, there's been a, there's been games where he's been pretty much shut down in Toronto. Like we saw a couple of those earlier this year when Edmonton was in Toronto playing them, uh, where Toronto did a really good job of locking them down, right? And I think compared to a lot of teams, Toronto does a pretty decent job against McDavid. Exactly. But at the same time, he's had a four-point night against them, and he scored probably two of the nicer goals of his career against them. Like, unbelievable go- goals. Like, last night, last night. I, I can't, I'm pretty sure it was Jake, Jake Muzzin that he went around. Yeah. What, what, like, Muzzin like he had wasn't no even, idea where the hell he was. It, he had it was, no idea what was going on. It was on. like he wasn't even there. He, Muzzin could have been on the bench. He would have done exactly as much to prevent McDavid exactly. from scoring. Yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> It was – I couldn't believe that one. And then one of the other goals last night I was watching at work was uh, Nils Hoglander's goal against Winnipeg. Did you see that one? Uh, I don't think so. I don't know. It was, uh, it was a play uh, – I think Bo Horvat was behind the net, tried to center it in front and deflected on top of uh, – off of Shifley's skate, landed on top of the net, and then, like, took a weird bounce off the top of the net, and he batted it in. From like in tight, it was sick. Wait, yeah, no, I I didn't actually see it, but um, I, I'm gonna check that out. That sounds like a pretty sick goal. Yeah, okay, if if you can see if you can find a highlight, not just of the goal, but of the entire shift by Nils Hoglander. Because, like, no lie, like I've watched quite a bit of hockey this year because nothing better to do. Ah, that's what you do, yeah. Yeah, and like, quite honestly, like probably one of the best individual shifts by a player i've seen this year okay i'm gonna so uh, yeah no i have like the the nhl live or i don't even know yeah. they, ha- they have like three names for it now um like three separate subscriptions i'm gonna i'm actually gonna go and i'll, I'll watch that shift uh i'll just skip to i'll skip to the goal but i'll make sure to watch the entire yeah like shift. i think like, he starts off the ship the shift with uh it's a he starts it off with a steal where he bats the puck out of the air, knocks it, knocks down a pass, takes it, play goes along, puck comes out of Winnipeg's zone. He has a really nice zone entry, right? Taking contact, fighting through it. No, wasn't that. Let me start off. <laughs> he starts off with an yeah, okay. He started off with an incredible zone entry. No, take it back. He started off with a steal. Then it was the zone entry where he just like powered his way to the net got on a really good look and then he gets the puck back it was just it's unbelievable it was a fantastic shift like quite honestly like i know Kirill kaprizov's the favorite for for rookie of the year right now but quite honestly like nils hoglander gotta be right there with him you, you know who else is is up there in my opinion ty smith ty smith has been excellent too ty flying smith has been killing it flying under the radar like He's a defenseman, and he's already up to eight points. He has like he has the most points of all rookies. Yeah, he's Ty Smith has done a, a great job uh, over there in New Jersey. I think right now, like those are, those are the three for me right now, where it's like 
they're they're kind of setting themselves apart. Uh, but yeah, on, like you have to watch this shit from Nils Hoglander. Like I recommend anyone watch it. Like I, if you really like good hockey, like watch that shift. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll I'll make sure to do that. Um, and I love it too because I've been super high on Nils Hoglander for years. Uh, I um, I caught the end of the I caught the overtime of uh, Boston Washington. Oh, how was that? I missed that one. It it was good. Two teams that. I mean, personally, I did not expect to be this good. Like, oh, they're yeah. top in the division right now. Like, Washington has no regulation losses, and they played nine games. Yeah. Um, just an absolute piss missile by Ovechkin. Yeah. Like, I, I did you see the replay of the goal? Yeah. Ridiculous. It was kind of, it was kind of odd because it didn't seem Rask was really screened that much. It's a just an amazing display of Ovechkin's shot power. It's it's ridiculous how good his shot is. Like, like there's no players in the league whose shot is just so good that he they can consistently beat a goalie with no screen from like almost anywhere. Exactly. It just it, it, the release is unbelievable. Yeah, I just what a player. What a what a fantastic player. Um, another, uh, 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 one other thing I wanted to bring up, uh, before, you know, we, we sign off eventually, uh, but there's been a lot of reports of a lot of disgruntled players that have perhaps requested trades out of certain places. Um, there was the rumors about Victor Mete. Yeah. Which I like have no idea what's happening there. Yeah. It's because, because Darren Ferris, who's is his agent um great agent said said like we're working on something to get him out of there and it sounded like it was an official trade request and then bergeron comes back and says this isn't true at all so i and and i am very doubtful of the actual value of victor mede on the on the market um i i don't know how much he'd be worth to be honest He's a very small defenseman. Obviously can move, but Montreal Montreal's in a sticky situation where they're they have a very like saturated core of defensemen and there's no way there's no way they want to move Mete because as soon as a defenseman gets injured, he's their guy. Yeah, he's going to yeah, he's a great option to come in. And it's a very very tricky situation. Yeah. It's a very interesting situation. I don't know. I don't have a great feel on what like market value would be for Victor Mete at this point. Yeah. And also like what Montreal would be interested in taking back. Yeah, I really have no idea what how that would work because right. you'd assume you'd assume that it'd be for maybe a prospect or picks. That's my understanding, um, just given the cap situation and all that stuff. It's it's very it's a very very tricky situation in Montreal, um, and the uh, the other player yeah what's the other one Sam Bennett. I feel like we've like gone in and out of trade rumors involving Sam Bennett for a while now. No, this is different. This is there's been a lot of rumors. This is a request. No, I I, I know, but he's always like been in the conversation, right? Um, interesting that it's actually like happening now. 
yeah. I, I'm a, I, I love Sam Bennett. Um, he, he convinced me. I can't remember what playoffs it was, but he was just lights. It was his, it was, uh, the, the, his first time in the league, he came in in the playoffs and was a beast. Absolute beast. And everyone was like, wow, Calgary got an absolute gem here. And then, and then they didn't. And yeah. he, he didn't, didn't really do much. That's, that's so, a, yeah. I think a change of scenery could be good for him. Um, yeah. he's going to be a lot more, he's going to be expensive. Yeah. Cause he's a guy who can play center. He's a big body. He's physical. Even if the offense isn't there, he's still a third line guy. Um, but if, yeah, it seems like there's a lot of kind of young players that seem disgruntled or need a change of scenery. Jake Vertanen's another one in Vancouver. Yep. Uh, whose, whose name's been out there quite a bit. Um, which would be, uh, again, another, it's hard to gauge the value on these types of players. Exactly. Um, it's, you can't tell. And the, the whole like Dubois line, a trade, and hopefully we'll see line a playing in the next few days. Very exciting. Um, it's, it's so interesting that all of this is happening during a pandemic. It's very interesting that like there's I so going into the season, my thought was that there would be very little talk of trades and very few actual transactions just because of the complications of bringing in a new guy, having to having them come in, quarantine, get with the team, practice, and then get up to speed. Like that's you know, you're talking about a couple weeks and in a shortened season, a couple weeks, well, that could be six or seven games. Right, that's ten mm-hmm. percent of your schedule. That might be too long to wait for for, for help to show up. Mm-hmm. So I I anticipated we'd see very little trading, um, and very little talk of trades. And so far, we've had one massive trade, mm-hmm. and it's a cross border transaction, Canada the U.S. Uh, and two, you know, borderline superstar players. Yeah. Um... And I did not expect trade requests. I did not expect as much. Or at least like this many, like this many or this many rumors about trade requests. Yeah. Because we literally like started off with Dubois trade request. Yeah. It was Dubois trade request. And then there was a lining's agent said in the summer about the winger being unhappy. Right. And that was kind of the initial spark. And now it just seems like any player who's not happy wants out. And it's kind of not a great time uh, to want out. Mm-hmm. So, interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. I, I, I love it. Um, so, my question to you, though, with, with Bennett and Mate, let's say, hypothetically, they both get traded. Where do you see the best fits for both those players? Oh man, that's a great question. Um, I I would it be hard for me to imagine Bennett not stay in the West. He, he's uh, the type of guy who's built for the West. I, I could see him like, like. I I know these are he would probably not. I don't know if he has like a, a, no movement clause or anything, and this is definitely like not an ideal situation for him but i could see like i don't know what exactly the cap situation is with him but like san jose 
Los Angeles. Um, could see those teams making a push, and I, I could see him with them. It doesn't really make sense, but he's still a young, young guy, and especially for Los Angeles, is trying to rebuild. I mean, you get that grit in, in a young guy. I think I think there's a nice fit there. Yeah, also, I, I could see I could see Sam Bennett going to Colorado, but I could see like every good player going to Colorado for some yeah, reason. Like I think the thing with Sam Bennett is I think there's a huge market for a player like that. I don't like a huge bunch like a lot of teams would be interested for the right price. Like I don't know what the like the asking value from Calgary would be and who would be willing to meet that. But like I assume a good amount of teams would be interested. Right. Right. Like I could see a team like Boston being interested. I could see a team. I could see the Panthers being interested. Exactly. Right. Um, it's, There's, he's going to be expensive though. That's my concern. Oh, for sure. A guy that plays the way he does, even though the offense hasn't really been there, but you've seen kind of flashes of it and he just, he plays a, a, a gritty sandpaper game. Like to me, he's the type of, Type of player that can put a team over the top, help them take another step. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be fascinating to see what Calgary wants to do there because they're also, you know, hoping to compete this year. So they're probably going to want something immediate back. So we'll. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting, and you, you brought you brought up a great point earlier with the the whole quarantine and dealing cross border. Is Calgary's going to have to be ready that whatever they get in return is not going to play for two weeks? Yeah, and in a tight Canadian division, can you afford that? Um, with regards to Victor Mete, uh, the two teams that jump to my mind are Anaheim. Actually, I'm going to say three teams, Anaheim, L.A., and Ottawa. And the reason I say those three is because those are the three worst defensive groups on paper of all time. So, so yeah, no, I could definitely see Ottawa. I mean, it's so funny because I, I, saw, I saw a tweet about their, their, uh, their pairings today. Thomas Shabbat's out. Yeah, so and they're going leaves, up against McDavid Dreisaitl. That leaves Mike Riley as your like f- top pair defenseman. Yeah. Doesn't make sense. There's probably 20 teams in the league where Mike Riley's a healthy scratch. Yeah. No, that, like, I think that without a doubt, that's that's 100% valid. So I'm not sold on Ottawa's defense. Uh, Anaheim, I've watched some of their games, and I find myself, like, I, I like to think, like, we're pretty tuned into hockey stuff. We know, like, a, a good amount. But yeah. when you get guys where it's like you've never heard of them, like you know he's an obscure player, right? Like I had so, a few. I had a few of those guys when I was watching Detroit last week. Yeah, like I had no idea who the hell these guys were. Yeah, well, I, I was watching Anaheim, and I'm like, who's Hawking yeah, Pop? Yeah, yeah, like it just so to me, they could use a guy like Victor Mete. I think LA's defense is also really bad. And I think Mete would be an upgrade over quite a few of them. I I think so too. Uh, so, yeah, definitely, definitely some suitors out there will monitor that. The thing to me though, like with both Bennett and Mete, is that I don't think either of the situations, like the impression I got from the reports that have come out, doesn't seem like 
it's an immediate like the teams don't or the players don't seem to be in a rush. They they really don't. So it could be more of an off season or a draft type thing. Yeah. But we'll find out. Okay, last thing here, you know, real quick before we go, I know we didn't talk much about the Panthers today, but we'll get to that well, later. We mentioned them a, f- a few times, though. Yeah, name drop some players. Yeah, I have Boniemi's a guy. Yeah, yeah, Ver Hagee, <laughs> Hornquist, uh, and such. Elite, but uh, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of talk yesterday about uh, the Travis Konechny healthy scratch. Yeah, I so I didn't read into that. I only saw it. I was like, "What? What? What is up with that?" Well, yeah, he's got, he's a point per game player right now. He's got eight points, uh, but they make him a healthy scratch, and their reasoning is his five on five play needs to be better. It doesn't work like that. Like, like, like I, I, I like, like Keith Yandel would not be in the league. Like, he'd be a healthy scratch if you just took that into account. Yeah, I, I, the point is that the benefit outweighs the cost. To me, it—I—I I, I wouldn't necessarily say that because I think the benefit to outweigh the cost really depends on because f- for the record, like his five-on-five play, like it hasn't been brutal, but it hasn't been spectacular. So if sitting him, you know help you know fires him up and gets into a place where he becomes even more productive then i think you say yeah that, that was good good call right like he had eight points in eight games yeah a lot of power play points like that just seems i don't know it's 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 a t- I, i'm never i'm never gonna i'm never gonna endorse scratching a guy that's that influential on your team i it, and I, I really, I understand, and I get the fact that this is gonna be a wake up call for him. But I don't know. I think. And did they win last night? They did. They won an OT. Yeah. So OT winner by Scott Lawton. Oh yeah. The guy, our um, number one favorite player. <laughs> so yeah, no, and obviously they can they can manage without him, like. But I mean, he's he's one of their best forwards. Well, yeah, it's it's that balance between giving yourself the best chance to win the game, but also holding players accountable, right? So they want to hold Konechny accountable. So they they go into that game and they don't give themselves the best chance to win by not playing him. They get the win anyways. Uh, but I think uh, the long term benefit, like it's kind of like, do you want to win the battle or do you want to win the war? Exactly. Right. So you, if if you lose the battle but you win the war, then you're you're happy with it. If the message gets across and his play improves, but I think had had the Flyers lost, we'd be having a very different conversation. I think. Yeah. Especially other, if they lost and only scored like one goal. Yeah. Like, and the other thing to me is, it's not just that they scratched him; it's who they scratched him for. Right. Like, I, if, I have no idea. Oh, Sam Morin, right? Yeah, a defenseman turned yeah. forward. Yeah. So like. That's it's not great. No. Although Sam Moran's defensive play is probably a little bit better on account <laughs> of having played defense for his entire life except this year. Exactly. Um so it's it's interesting to follow. I'm not sure if there's any bigger issue there in, in Philly if the player's unhappy or the team's unhappy, if there's anything off the ice. 
Uh, we obviously have no clue. No clue. And I wouldn't think so from what you've told me and from what I've seen, but you, it, this is the kind of stuff that you, we'll never know. Like, Yeah, there's a lot of stuff we'll never know. We're not exactly. the brightest. Yeah, yeah. We manage. All right. Well, uh, man, I think that does it for this episode. I think that's, that's, that's all we got. Uh, we'll be back, obviously, next uh, Thursday with a brand new episode where we talk about something we haven't planned it out yet so we'll figure that out uh but thank you to everyone tuning in and we will see you all then